You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Dirt Radio, organic friends of the earth, activism, underground, political action, necessary, wind farms, indigenous struggles, land rights, anti-nuclear, nanotechnology, climate change, coal barons, mining magnets, activists, educating, communities, transforming, communities, mobilizing a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. You are with Megan and Lucinda in the studio today. How are you going this morning? I'm going all right. How are you going, Megan? I'm good. It's a nice mild day out there, nice and sunny, so it's a beautiful summer's morning. I'd like to start the show by acknowledging that we are broadcasting from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people on the Kulin Nations and pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Right across this country, uh, First Nations people are on the front line of the climate struggle. And today on Dirt Radio, we will be talking about uh, the climate crisis and all of the things that the Daniel Andrews government can do to mitigate it. Just this week, a new report by the Act on Climate Collective has come out on Victoria's emissions reductions targets and how we can lock in jobs with science-based targets. There's no denying it, climate change is coming at us and is Daniel Andrews going to continue his record of being guided by the science or are we going to dawdle our way into catastrophic climate change? We'll be speaking with Lee Eubank, the Act on Climate Coordinator, all about that right after this community service announcement. Featuring world-changing documentaries aimed at inspiring a better world, this year's Transitions Film Festival covers themes of art, activism, climate change, social innovation, epic architecture and the future of our planet. Transitions Film Festival, available virtually from February the 26th to March the 15th, online and nationwide. The Transitions Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. Hello, this is Virginia from the 3CR Garden Show. We are back live to the airwaves every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.15. There are some changes. Sadly, Pam has retired at the Garden Show and will be sorely missed. But Stephen and I are excited to be hosting the show and we have many old favourites and some new voices. So tune in for the usual fabulous gardening advice. 855 on the AM dial. 3CR Digital or 3cr.org.au Every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.15 COVID permitting Look forward to your company Cheers We're back on Dirt Radio with Megan and Lucinda We've got Lee Eubank from the Act on Climate Collective on the line to talk about a new report 
that has muddled creating jobs across various sectors of the economy with cutting emissions in line with keeping the earth below 1.5 degrees of warming. It's got some pretty interesting results and Lee's going to tell us all about it. So welcome back to Dirt Radio, Lee. G'day, Megan. G'day, Lucinda. Great to be back here. Yes, it's so good to have you. It is good to be in the studio and it's good to hear your voice. So welcome. Now, to start us off, it's uh, a pretty impressive piece of work that the Acton Climate Collective has produced. Could you tell us about the context behind this report, the context uh, politically, the political environment that this report is being released into and why the Acton Climate Collective has undertaken this piece of work? Yeah, that's a great question. Look, we know that... um the Daniel Andrews government will soon be setting emissions reduction targets for the state of Victoria. And these are going to be the first interim targets for 2025 and 2030. And, you know, I think with the, um, the federal government's sustained failure to tackle the climate crisis, we do need to see greater leadership on climate from the Victorian government. So what we've done ahead of that critical decision, we've had a look at Victoria's performance on emissions reductions, um, done a bit of forecasting, and we've actually commissioned the University of Melbourne to look at whether the the state could achieve a science-based target of 75% by 2030, and to look at the jobs and economic benefits that would come with that cut. So we're hopeful that you know, dropping this report at this moment will actually influence that critical decision that the Premier and the Cabinet will soon make. Excellent. And, you know, kind of, can you tell us about the global context as well? And, um, you know, like there's this 1.5 degrees of warming, which we need to stay below. Um, obviously, the federal government at the moment is having an internal battle around 2050 targets, um, mm. and the the rest of the world really seems seems to be um, you know light years ahead of where where the federal government is. Um, how are we appearing on the global stage at the moment? Wow, that is such a good question. Um, <laughs> we've seen quite a turning point um, over the last kind of few months, I'd say. Um, so if you think back to 2019, you know, we saw the, uh, the, you know, the global scientific body, the IPCC, release a landmark report, um, and they have basically concluded that if the planet is to, you know, avoid catastrophic climate change, so, you know, the types of bushfires that we saw in 2019-20, um, you know, intensifying hurricanes, uh, you know, f- extreme um, sea level rise, so on and so forth, it's critical that we limit warming to 1.5 degrees. Um, we're at 1.1 or 2 now, and we're already seeing devastation, so it is critically important to keep it below 1.5. Um, and one of the, the big game changes that we've seen in the last three months is the election of Joe Biden as president. So, you know, Donald Trump has been rejected by the by the American voters and his um, climate denial has been rejected as well. And, 
you know, already we're seeing, um, you know, like countries around the world rallying around that, you know, renewed momentum. And at the end of the year, we do have a global climate conference occurring in Glasgow. And this is the first conference since the Paris Agreement was signed where countries are actually expected to lift the level of ambition that they take to cutting emissions. So all of this is actually forming a very interesting backdrop to, you know, the federal uh, government's deliberations on climate. Um, you know, I think they're feeling a lot of pressure from abroad to lift their ambition and to actually lock in that zero net target. And at the state level, I think that, you know, Premier Biden in the United States, you know, what they're kind of pursuing, it does actually create space for for leadership at the state level. And that's exactly what we're calling for Premier Dan Andrews to do. Yeah, excellent. And um, we'll get into the findings of the report and, you know, what exactly what Daniel Andrews can do to uphold that ambition. But first, can you tell us a bit about the modelling that you've done um, and, you know, the method for uh, for looking at how um, jobs can be created with emissions reductions targets? Yep, excellent. So um, basically what we did, you know, we, we know that the Premier, when it comes to, you know, COVID and the global pandemic, you know, the government has acted on the best available science. So what we wanted to do is to, you know, encourage the Premier to take that same approach to climate. And, you know, at Friends of the Earth, we're a grassroots community effort. Um, we don't necessarily have those scientific credentials. So what we did, we, um, we've managed to commission the University of Melbourne's Climate and Energy College. Um, they have actually investigated, you know, a scenario you know, looking at where we can cut emissions across the whole economy. So, you know, looking at things like rolling out renewable energy, um, you know, adapting agricultural practices and reforestation to cut emissions there, um, and looking at how we can shift uh, in the transport sector, you know, from cars to active and public transport and also the electrification of vehicles. So... Um, you know, this is scientific modelling. Um, you know, to, to get the full details on all of the assumptions and background, you know, you'll have to tap the University of Melbourne on the shoulder. But, you know, what we can say is that the jobs figures that we can anticipate are huge. So, um, you know, if, if we do a heavy lift rolling out renewables um, and, you know, building some of the critical transport infrastructure we know is needed... You know, we're talking at least 50,000 jobs over the next decade. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, along with that, we're looking at another $50 billion worth of investment in infrastructure, you know, in transport and energy. So, you know, this is not to be sneezed at. This, you know, this is the, the Green New Deal for Victoria right here. Mm, 50,000 jobs, that's amazing. That's huge. Um, I was wondering um, if you could go a little bit more into detail um, across the findings of the report. So, like, what are the timelines for cutting emissions and what, what did you discover? Yeah, look, uh, we've done a few things. So we have investigated Victoria's kind of current performance on cutting mm-hmm. emissions. One of the things that we've found is that over the last two years, 
the data is actually telling us that Victoria is accelerating its emissions reductions. So um, the government is actually on track to beat its um, 2020 target. So we're looking at a 22% reduction of emissions uh, by 2020, which is amazing, and that that actually um, totally overwhelms what is being done at the federal level. Uh, if that trajectory, if that rate of emissions reductions is maintained, we're looking at a 52% reduction by 2030. So we're kind of calling that a new business as usual scenario. But the thing is, if we think back to the science and the need to limit warming to 1.5 degrees, we actually need a target more like 75% uh, by 2030. Um, and that's where the University of Melbourne come in. So they've actually figured out a scenario. They think it's possible. They're confident that the Victorian government can deliver that reduction. Um, and, you know, now it's up to the community to really raise our voices and make sure the Premier's hearing us. Um, you know, I think we've got all the right ingredients to get an ambitious target. And I'm interested in these two different scenarios. So there's this new business as usual, which will be, you know, give or take a 50% reduction by 2030. You know, mm. what kind of activities would we see, would we need to see that business as usual versus what kind of activities would we need to see to see that um, more, more of that science-based cut? Yeah, so the business as usual scenario is, you know, taking in things into account such as the solar homes program, um, and the Victorian Renewable Energy Target, which is currently, you know, 50% uh, by 2030. Um, but what we're, what we're really needing to do is to accelerate that renewable energy transition. So the University of Melbourne, they think that if we were to, um, you know, bring forward the 2030 Renewable Energy Target and achieve 50% renewables by 2025, build the um, Star of the South offshore wind farm and, you know, adopt the Australian energy market operator's so-called step change scenario, which would see us at about 80% renewables. Um, they think that's where the heavy lift can come from. Um, the University of Melbourne have looked at the complete electrification of buses. Um, we know that that's already happening. Well, you know, the New South Wales government have committed to do that by 2030. So if Victoria was to match that, you know, that would do a heavy lift. Um, and we're also looking at, um, you know, around a 40% electrification of passenger vehicles by 2030. So, you know, we're, every now and then you spot, you know, a, a Tesla or an electric vehicle out in the wild. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at a pretty rapid uptake of that. But if you think about the uptake of smartphones, you know, that's kind of the expectation um, with electric vehicles. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, and, you know, I think if you look abroad, the technology is improving. Um, you know, the old coal-fired power plants, um, they're ageing out. So I think this is, in, is very, very possible, this transformation. Yeah, it's really exciting to think about what all the possibilities are. And you've also done a lot of work with regional communities in kind of looking at how they're experiencing climate change impacts already. You know, like what hope does 
setting a strong target? Um, you know, like what what can people out in regional communities hope for in terms of their own communities um, in you know mitigating impacts of climate change or um, adaptation? Like, is there any relationship between this new report and some of your previous work that we've talked about on Dirt Radio before? Yeah, look, I think you know what what we're really calling for the premier to do is to set ambitious science-based targets. And, you know, when you think of climate change, um, you know, like an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. So, you know, for the communities we're working with in Inverloch and Apollo Bay, you know, they are linking the local impacts directly to the need for strong policies to mitigate climate change. Um, You know, the government has thrown some money behind, you know, adaptation measures. You know, there's a few rock walls that have been installed. Um, You know, there's a few groins that will be um, installed and already kind of so-called sand renourishment of the beaches. Um, But what the communities have told me, and this is the message we're trying to get to the government, is that these are Band-Aid solutions. Um, You know, when it comes to climate change, we need to, you know, we're in a hole, we need to stop digging. And, um, you know, strong emissions reduction targets would... Yeah, send a strong signal to the communities that the government is actually on their side. Mm, absolutely. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about, like, the 50,000 jobs. Would they all be in renewable energy? Like, what what's in the report? Yeah, look, um, so they, they would be in renewable energy. We've got um, about 31,000 jobs uh, in construction. Mm. We have up to 3,600 ongoing jobs uh, in the maintenance of those renewable energy facilities and we believe there's up to 3,100 jobs in manufacturing. So that would be, uh, you know, manufacturing transformers, you know, the turbine towers um, that hold the turbines, the wind turbines. Um, so that, that is the heavy lift. Um, but also in the, in the energy efficiency space, there's another 2,200 jobs um, and the Melbourne metro, metro tunnels, you know, phase one and phase two would be uh, representing another 14,000 jobs. And one of the things that we, we haven't included is the ongoing um, employment involved in running the, the public transport system. It was quite hard to find that data. We've found it um, since publishing the report, and that's another 20,000 people. So... Um, you know, tram, tram, sorry, tram drivers, train drivers, bus drivers, you know, all of the folks involved in timetabling and, you know, running the network. So, you know, there's there's up to 70,000 jobs here. Um, and, you know, it's pretty hard for a Labor government to ignore. Yeah, especially uh, with the economy, you know, like in its current state and with the economy, you know, in an uncertain position given the COVID-19 crisis. You know, it's definitely hard to ignore um, the benefits of emissions reductions or setting these targets and um, doing the work. Um, and so could you tell us another thing I found really interesting in the report was um, about this 2050 net zero by 2050, how um, was it that it's on track to... We're already on track to beat it, but we, you know, could you tell us about 
the 2050 target and, you know, where we are in terms of meeting it and how setting new targets, you know, changes the trajectory? Yeah, that's right. Look, um, so there's a few things going on here. Um, the Climate Change Act uh, in Victoria, that stipulates that the states must achieve zero net emissions by 2050. Um, I think Friends of the Earth's policy is well known. We want zero emissions as soon as possible. Um, but if you think about this idea of a carbon budget, you know, looking at a budget that complies with that 1.5 degree limit on warming, you know, we have to achieve zero emissions by 2034, 35. So um, if we were to, to have, you know, a heavy lift up front, you know, strong targets of like 75% by 2030, that would actually put us on that trajectory to um, achieve a, a cut of zero emissions um, by 2030, 30, um, um, But, you know, if, if we do need a longer tail to deal with sectors of the economy that are harder to decarbonise, um, it, it does give us a longer tail out to, like, 2050. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the take-home message for the government is... You know, like COVID, like the lockdowns, you know, we need to listen to the science, we need to go early and we need to go hard. Mm, absolutely. Um, Lee, I was wondering, after doing this modelling, um, what Friends of the Earth recommends the Andrew government should do to meet 1.5? Yeah, look, we've got a very clear recommendation to the government. Um, we're saying that we need science-based targets that are in line with that 1.5 degree carbon budget we need a target of at least 75% um, below 2005 levels by the end of the decade, and we need the government to pursue zero net emissions as soon as possible. Mm. So it's a very, very strong message. Um, for all of the listeners out there today that are eager to back the campaign, um, you know, you, you're welcome to tune into, um, you know, Friends of the Earth's social media channels, and you'll see a lot of colour and movement there. But we do have an online action. Um, at the moment, it's critical for people to email the Premier or to get on the blower, give his office a call. Um, you know, right now, you know, we're on the cusp of them making a decision and we think that, you know, all of our voices can make a difference. They absolutely can. So I will be making my call to the Premier's office right after the show. Um, but thank you so much for all the information and for all the hard work, Lee. And thank you so much for joining us on Dirt Radio. My pleasure. It's always great to be on Dirt Radio. And, yeah, just love to say a big thank you to 3CR for, for prevailing under all of the lockdowns and under the COVID um, situation last year. Absolutely. I will second that shout-out mm. to 3CR and remind everyone listening that uh, we actually have our ongoing subscriber drive. Ooh. So if you second that shout-out too, then you can jump onto 3cr.org.au slash subscribe and support your local community radio station, um, keeping these really important stories on the air. You're on Dirt Radio, and we'll be back right after this. Are you looking after someone aged with a disability, mental illness or medical condition? As a carer, you can access free support online, over the phone or in person. Carer Gateway is an Australian government initiative providing counselling, advice, respite and much more. 
Find out how Carer Gateway can help you. Call 1-800-422-737 Monday to Friday or visit carergateway.gov.au. Carer Gateway, connecting carers to support services. A 3CR supporter. You're back on Dirt Radio with Megan and Lucinda. We've just been chatting with Lee Eubank, the Act on Climate Collective coordinator who um, has been working really hard to get this report out. It's a partnered, was a partnered project with the University of Melbourne modelling all the benefits of cutting emissions, setting science-based targets and um, and investing in, in climate action. So yeah, you can uh, listen back to the interview if you go to 3cr.org.au slash dirt radio we will post the podcast up there and um, if you enjoyed it if you got something out of it why not give it a share um, and you can uh, subscribe to 3CR and support your local community radio station by going to 3cr.org.au slash subscribe um, it is our annual subscriber drive and we need all of our supporters to be backing us in this, these uncertain times. Um, 3CR has been here since 1975 and will be here for a long, long time to come. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's $35 for a concession, 75 for a full price or a waged price and $150 for bands and organisations. So get behind 3CR um, and join us. Mm, absolutely. Um, and there's also an exciting event coming up at Friends of the Earth if you're interested in climate action. There's an info night on the sec- Tuesday, the 2nd of March, um, which is going to be like at Edinburgh Gardens. So it'll be COVID safe and you can find um, out more about campaigning for climate and environmental justice at Friends of the Earth then. Yes, get behind our IRL events. It would be so great to see lots of new faces down there um, because that's really what we live for at Friends of the Earth is bringing people together uh, for all the right reasons. Mm. And that's just about all we have time for today on Dirt Radio. Taking us out will be an old favourite. <laughs> We've got Patty Smith with uh, People Have the Power. Woo! We'll see you next time.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.